I could care less that the Memphis Grizzlies lost a summer league basketball game. That is about as irrelevant as it comes. You don't get you, you want to win. You want to get the W. Don't get me wrong. But losing in summer league is not that concerning. What was impressive was GG Jackson. What was impressive was Zach Kleiman, Grizzlies general manager, pulling off a trade during the game. That's where we're gonna be where our focus lies on this edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Plus, we look ahead to Las Vegas, where DeMichael Cole is right now, the lucky duck. We'll talk about that more on this edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, it is a wonderful Friday edition of the podcast. Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies, your team each and every day. Proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. Like us, rate us, comment us, review, subscribe, all those fun things wherever you get your podcasts, as well as over on YouTube. Continue to make DeMichael Cole and I, Joe Mullinax, part of your Memphis Grizzlies and NBA experience. You will notice that there is no DeMichael Cole on this edition of the show. Hopefully that will make you uh, turn off the podcast or close out your browser if you're on YouTube. You'll be hanging out with me for the next 30 minutes or so on this Friday edition of the show, breaking down all the good that happened during the Grizzlies' Salt Lake City Summer League finale against the Utah Jazz, the host Utah Jazz, who were essentially at full strength. Their first-round picks like Bryce Sensabaugh, Taylor Hendricks, they didn't play in Salt Lake City. The hope is they'll get some minutes in Vegas as the the summer league world turns to Las Vegas in the next couple of days. But if that does not occur, right, Salt Lake City's uh, Utah Jazz still played everybody that has played throughout this version of summer league. Memphis Grizzlies did not do that. No Kenneth Lofton Jr., no David Roddy, no Jake LaRavia, no Jacob Gilliard, no Vince Williams Jr. So literally all the other guys in addition to Gigi Jackson, that could potentially be Memphis Grizzlies basketball players at some point in the season. None of those guys, except for Gigi, logged minutes. So the fact that the Utah Jazz won, yay, good for you, Utah. That's not going to be where the energy is focused on this edition of Lockdown Grizzlies heading into another wonderful weekend. You here with me. We're going to start talking about Gigi Jackson. And I got to tell you, I am very impressed with this young man. I saw the pick at 45 overall as a meh at the time. I don't think it was a bad pick. I didn't think it was a good pick. I thought that there could have been other options of things to do at 45. But when the former number one overall prospect in the 2023 class, who reclassified to 2022, went to South Carolina, struggled there at times, when that guy falls to number 45 overall, making that your pick is probably not the worst idea. And I, I would agree with that sentiment. I thought it was a fine selection. It's not going to help Memphis in the here and now in terms of playoff contention, but how often does the 45th overall pick do that anyway? Gigi Jackson has talent. And I do think that that is something that gets lost in the shuffle here from time to time. And I'm guilty of it too. Right, You look at the numbers, you watch the film, you're looking for fits in terms of just overall athleticism. Gigi Jackson is a bucket getter. And I want to give a shout out to the Grizzly Spaces. I was listening a little bit over on Twitter before I started recording. 
somebody made a comp of Luol Deng, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if it's a perfect comparison, but I do think that the way that Jackson, you look up and he had 23 points, it seemed natural for him to be a scorer at all three levels. He was able to get to the basket. He shot four of nine from three. His mid-range game continues to need development. And that's the important thing to keep in mind with Gigi is he is prioritizing development this coming season on that two-way deal that we assume that he'll be under. Jackson is a guy who will get some run at times with the Memphis Grizzlies. He'll at least dress out for games. Maybe he'll get some back-to-back game uh, playing time. But most of his time is going to be spent with the Memphis Hustle. And this season is basically going to be like a second season of college. Or if you remember correctly, like we were just talking about, this guy was a year early going to college. It's basically his freshman year. And he's going to be with the Memphis Hustle as opposed to being with South Carolina. And that's going to be a wonderful opportunity for him to play professional basketball, a chance for him to be within the Grizzlies system, obviously as a two-way contract, as we assume he'll be under. That gives Memphis priority in terms of keeping him around long-term. Notice that Gigi Jackson is a focus of this franchise. And I think that that is something to be excited about, whether you want to compare him to Luol Deng, Carmelo Anthony, not to say that he's going to have the type of career that either of those guys are going to have, but he's a six foot nine combo forward who can score the basketball in a variety of ways. That is promising to see. And he also snagged 10 rebounds in this game. He was asked a lot of the time in that game to be a four or a five. He is capable of playing on the perimeter. He is capable of being a traditional small forward. But in this particular contest, he was tasked with crashing the glass, being aggressive with opposing bigs. And at times he was even playing center for the Memphis Grizzlies uh, when Matthew Hurt was out. And he is not a traditional center by any stretch of the imagination either. Uh, Matthew Hurt of the Memphis Hustle, he'll likely be back with them, you'd imagine, uh, come the fall. So Gigi Jackson showing the skill set that a former number one overall recruit in a class should exhibit. Major positive. And it was great to see him make tough shots. It was great to see him, most importantly, not force things. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, if you're reading the box score, maybe you missed a game. You come to Lockdown Grizzlies for a recap of it, which I appreciate. And I know to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal, my wonderful partner, uh, would as well. We'll talk about why he's not with me on this episode more later. But he's in Las Vegas getting ready for Grizzlies uh, Summer League action. The interesting thing about Jackson is if you watch the game, even though he took a lot of shots, as I alluded to before, not many guys that were going to take a bunch of shots played in this game, right? No Jake LaRavia, no Kenneth Lofton Jr. So a lot of the brunt of the scoring, much like it did in South Carolina for Gigi Jackson, fell on him. But I was pleasantly surprised. Again, he's 18 years old, doesn't turn 19 until December. He looked confident. He looked comfortable. He understood what his role was within the Grizzlies scheme and standard. And as DeMichael and I talked about earlier this week here on Lockdown Grizzlies, that matters so much, not just in terms of summer league basketball. The Grizzlies went two and one in Utah during the Salt Lake City uh, event. Utah went one and two. So the Grizzlies had a better record than Utah did. Yay. The Grizzlies technically finished tied for first in the Utah Summer League. Yay. Hopefully you're understanding my point. That doesn't matter as much as where you fit, how you execute your scheme, 
how you play the game, the way that the Memphis Grizzlies coaching staff, led by Taylor Jenkins, of course, wants you to play. And again, pleasantly surprised, G.G. Jackson seems to be on top of that so far. So kudos to him. Double-double really had a strong showing, did some strong things defensively as well. He has room for growth, right? And I don't want us, myself included, because I get excited, as you know. I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. This is a long-term development plan with G.G. Jackson. But there's lots to work with. And I think that's the most exciting thing coming out of the Utah Summer League. And he'll get opportunities in Las Vegas, I'm sure. But the Grizzlies are going to be looking to maybe be a little more competitive at the Vegas Summer League. I think that's fair to say. No back-to-backs. They play Saturday, July 8th, and then they don't play any back-to-backs that entire week that they're out in Vegas from the 8th through the 14th. So I don't see them resting anybody unless there's someone like David Roddy, who obviously played a lot of minutes for Memphis during the regular season. Maybe they say, yeah, we've seen enough of you, Dave, uh, Mr. Roddy. You you get a rest. I don't think they're going to sit Jake LaRavia. I don't think they're going to sit Kenneth Lofton Jr. I don't know why they would. So aside from a Roddy, potentially, these guys are going to keep getting run. And as that occurs, and as Gigi Jackson earns those minutes to be in competitive environments as the Grizzlies try to figure out who is going to be a contributor for them, The fact that we're talking about this with an 18-year-old is a testament to the talent that he possesses. So he's a two-way guy. He'll play as much as the two-way contract dictates. He'll spend a majority of his season with the Memphis Hustle, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You have to give him his due. He has looked better than he did a majority of the time while he was at South Carolina, and that is a testament to his work and his preparedness for the current state of things with the Memphis Grizzlies and the 45th overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft, Gigi Jackson looking more and more like one of the steals of the draft to this point. Coming up next, we're going to talk about a trade that went down. Don't be mad at me for not being as interested in the actual game. Memphis general manager Zach Kleiman made a trade as the game was getting started. So he wasn't even watching. So leave me alone, all right? If Zach Kleiman's not paying his close attention, I can focus on things beyond what Gigi Jackson did uh, on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. We're going to do that next. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by BetterHelp. And one of the amazing things about BetterHelp is whenever you feel uncertain about where you're going in your life, what the right path is, how you're going to get through this, Sometimes it helps when you're dealing with decisions around your career, your relationship, anything else. Therapy can get you connected to what you really want while you navigate this crazy world that we call Earth and this crazy thing that we call life. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. We have a picks trade. Memphis and the Phoenix Suns next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Molinax, flying solo on this edition of the podcast. 
I am doing so because the wonderful DeMichael Cole is in Las Vegas as we speak. He'll be with us next week throughout the week right there in Vegas covering the Grizzlies Summer League escapades as things translate and trans uh, transition would be the better word heading to Las Vegas. I'll be with you along the way as well. And obviously, DeMichael's experience out there in Vegas is going to be one for uh, all the history books, I'm sure. Uh, you know, you guys know DeMichael. He's a, he's a character, right? He's going to have a blast, I'm sure, out there covering the team, but you know, also getting, getting into some stuff, right? You, you know what they say about Las Vegas. What happens there stays there. Hopefully not too much happens with DeMichael, and he's able to come back to us fully uh, on Lockdown Grizzlies. But he will be doing the show from Vegas next week, which is going to be really cool. Uh, excited for those episodes of Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to Vegas, we got to talk about the trade that happened literally during the game that the Memphis Grizzlies Summer League team was participating in. And I have this pulled up from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN because I don't want to get the details wrong. Picks trade. The Memphis Grizzlies are trading three second round picks to the Phoenix Suns. And again, this is at Woj ESPN on Twitter for two first round pick swaps. That's in 2024 as well as in 2030, as well as Isaiah Todd, sources tell ESPN, again, at Woj ESPN on this. The seconds are the 2025 second rounder from the Pelicans, and then Memphis's own 2028 and 2029 second round picks. Wow, lots of minutia there, right? Doesn't seem like something that is overly aggressive either way. For Phoenix, it makes a ton of sense. If you followed what the Suns did to acquire Bradley Beal, because of the no-trade clause, things were kind of weird. Uh, the Wizards did not get full value for Bradley Beal. I think everybody would agree on that. But six, count them, six second-round picks got shipped out to Washington as part of the Bradley Beal trade. Phoenix, given their cap-strapped, cash-tight scenarios and situations, surely had to find a way to get some second-rounders back. This is the one of the ways they did it. And it's kind of creative, to be honest with you, because the pick swaps are connected to first round picks that are also being swapped with the Washington Wizards. So the way that could potentially look is or work and shout out to Bobby Marks on Twitter of ESPN for explaining this as well. Say Phoenix is uh, picking 10th, Washington is picking fifth and Memphis is picking 15th. That means Memphis could choose to stay at 15 or move up to 10. It's the lesser of the picks. So it's not the better selection. It's not the one that could be higher. It would be the lower of the two that the Grizzlies will have the option now starting next year, whether or not they want to move up in the draft, if it's even possible for them to do so. It depends on, obviously, how the regular seasons go. And next season, you would assume with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, that Phoenix should be in a position to be better and even maybe the, maybe the Memphis Grizzlies, maybe that swap won't be as important this coming season. Not so fast, my friend. The Phoenix Suns are not the model of health, right? Multiple players among their newly established big three. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton is still there for now as well. Those guys have had health concerns. They've missed games. And Phoenix is not in a position of depth because of all they've invested in Booker, Durant, and Beal to have them there in Phoenix with the Suns. So what does that mean? One guy goes down, or two, heaven forbid, and that pick just got a lot more attractive. Say Washington is a pseudo play-in team around the 10th or 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. Say Phoenix 
because of injury concerns, which is entirely reasonable, is around where they were this past season, fifth, sixth round, or fifth or sixth seed. Phoenix isn't going to miss the playoffs unless it's a, a catastrophic injury that no one would wish on the Suns. But the point I'm trying to make is, say Washington's in the lottery, Phoenix is picking around, you know, 20 or 21, and Memphis, given their run of success, a pretty solid offseason so far, assuming health. Let's say the Grizzlies are, you know, the two seed again or the three seed, and they're around 25 or 26 in the draft. They could choose to move up now five or six spots in exchange for these second rounders. And as I mentioned uh, in the tweet from Woj, Isaiah Todd also coming to Memphis. Now, how long will that last? That's a great question. The Grizzlies roster now at 17, not counting the two-way contracts. That number has to be down to 15 by opening night or by a specific evening far away from now in the fall or closer to the fall. So I'm not sure that that is a concern. And obviously, a lot of the stuff that has been reported by Adrian Wojnarowski and others hasn't even officially been announced by the rosters yet or by the franchises. So it's possible there's still some movement occurring within these trades. And this is a way of Zach Kleiman, the GM of the Memphis Grizzlies, making some maneuvering himself. I think that this, even if there are no other moves, right? And guys like Josh Christopher or Isaiah Todd or Kenneth Lofton Jr., whoever the case might be, those guys are eventually waived or whatever, not on the team. However that plays out, I like this trade from a picks standpoint. The 2024 one is cool. I think there's a possibility for that. I just outlined the scenario that could be an example of that. As crazy as it sounds, I'm looking to 2030 because the Phoenix Suns have gone all in for Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. Durant and Beal in particular are going to be looking mighty old by 2030. Probably still in the league, potentially still in the league, but they're going to be not the the brightest and, and springiest chickens in the world. Durant in 2030 is going to be something like over 40 years old. Beal maybe a little bit younger, and then Devin Booker will be in his early to mid-30s. So the Suns have a decent chance to not be particularly good in 2030, and that could be an interesting pick swap. Now that Washington has entered a rebuild, maybe you assume that by 2030 they're in a position to be a little bit better. It's a fascinating circumstance. It's just another wrinkle of asset accumulation that Zach Kleiman has gotten pretty good at. And other GMs in the NBA do similar things. But it was a really interesting trade to see come out because of the fact that there's still so much uncertainty around this current roster, right? Numerous significant dealings like the sign and trade of Dylan Brooks. It's bringing Josh Christopher to Memphis. That has not been officially announced yet. Why is that? Hmm? Brian Wintorst, hmm? why is that? Why is that? Why would that be? Why would they do that, right? Lots of possible reasons. And it's possible that they're still working the phones trying to see how all of this can fit into a larger deal. So in short term, long term, this may seem like a nothing burger, and maybe it is. Maybe it's just a chance for them to get a little more first round flexibility and, and, and their asset accumulation process for the Grizzlies. But I still, obviously something has to happen because the roster's too big. Right now it doesn't matter. But eventually there's going to have to be some guys to get moved along. How does that look? How does that happen? That is going to be something that is going to be interesting to watch play out 
in the days, weeks, months, and apparently now years going into 2030 ahead. Zach Kleiman will live forever, at least until 2030, now that a move that he has made will impact the Memphis Grizzlies seven years from now. We'll see if Zach Kleiman's still around. Heck, we'll see if I'm still around uh, at the rate I'm going. We will be talking Vegas Summer League, previewing what is coming from Las Vegas for the Memphis Grizzlies next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us as we close out our Friday edition of the show. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Monax. Again, flying solo. The wonderful DeMichael Cole is in Las Vegas as we speak, writing stories and meeting with players and press conferences and hobnobbing with all sorts of agents and fancy people. He's he's more important than me. We can disagree with that, right? You and I. But just, just take a moment and accept that DeMichael is off living his best life. And here I am talking with you, also living my best life. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Grizzlies part of your podcast on the NBA and Memphis Grizzlies experience. Vegas, baby. The Grizzlies, 2-1 and one in Salt Lake City, basically conceded that final game against the Jazz. Again, no David Roddy, no Jake LaRavia, no Vince Williams Jr., no Jacob Gilliard, no Kenneth Lofton Jr., the Jazz were relatively at full strength compared to what else they had played during the Salt Lake City series over the last several days. Not too surprising of a result. Memphis is 2-1. and one. They now head to Las Vegas, and the games have uh, a little bit more energy. The crowds are a little bit bigger. It's a little more spread out. The entire NBA is involved in Summer League, and Summer League has kind of become uh, a, a summer oasis of basketball in a lot of ways. Like I know they have NBA convention or NBA con that they're doing there in Vegas for the first time. You know, I've talked with DeMichael and others that have been to Vegas. You walk down the street and there's randomly Russell Westbrook, right? Like this, oh, hey, look at that uh, general manager for that team. He's just standing outside of his hotel room, which is right next to mine. It is one of those kinds of scenarios now where, the way that the NBA does their offseason and everything's at the front end of it, it really is an interesting, oh, hey, how you doing? And, and uh, check in. And, and the center of the basketball universe, at least from an NBA perspective, is there in Vegas over the next week. And that's really cool to see. The Grizzlies schedule, they will play Saturday, so tomorrow at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time against the Chicago Bulls at the Cox Pavilion. All of these games are on NBA TV, except for the one against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is on Monday. That is going to be on ESPN News. So all of these games, I believe the Grind City Media app is also going to be uh, streaming a lot of these games, if not all of them. Um, but they'll be on television. Uh, NBA TV on Saturday against the Bulls at 6 p.m. Central. Monday, uh, it will be ESPN News with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And obviously, we'll talk more about that particular game as well as what happens with the Bulls on Saturday night in our Monday edition of the show. What are some things to watch for in Vegas for me? Well, for me, one of the first things I'm going to be watching for is the press conference where Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart are involved, because that is going to be happening Friday, and the Grizzlies are making a known commodity for media that these guys are going to be available. They're in Vegas, a bit unique. Memphis doesn't do that very often, but it's going to be really cool to see uh, Desmond Bain talking about his contract extension, his record contract extension, the largest in Memphis Grizzlies history. Obviously, Marcus Smart now uh, joining the Memphis Grizzlies. Tyus Jones is gone. Dylan Brooks is gone. And in their place, in a roundabout way, two birds, one stone, there is Marcus Smart. So how those guys respond, what kind of questions they're asked, 
Uh, I'm sure John Morant will be mentioned, especially with Marcus Smart. You know, I've written over at Bluff City Media what kind of expectations can be connected to Smart as a mentor for Morant. Things of that ilk, I would guess, are going to be asked. So that press conference is the first thing that I'm interested in. No offense to the Summer League guys, but Bain and Smart are going to have a lot more to say about what the Grizzlies are going to be in 2023-2024 than anybody playing in Summer League. And that even includes the Laravias and Roddies of the world who theoretically are in the mix for rotation minutes. Beyond that press conference, I want to see continued development of skill sets. And, you know, it's Michael and I have talked a lot about that here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Not necessarily putting up a bunch of buckets, scoring a ton of points in very rudimentary ways. That's not going to translate to the NBA when the competition ups the ante a little bit, right? I want to see Gigi Jackson continue to develop as a rebounder and as a passer and creator off the dribble, not get that tunnel vision. Find open shooters, open slashers and cutters, because he's going to, as as he develops his offensive game even further, he is going to attract attention. Finding ways to do that better. That's what I'm looking for from Gigi Jackson. And that's not going to magically occur over four games in particular, but there is possibility for growth. You want to see from game one in Vegas or even the Salt Lake City finale, right, against the Jazz on Thursday night. You want to see expansion upon that. And whatever mistakes were made, learning from those mistakes and applying the lessons in subsequent games, that is something you can look for. You can look for consistency from Jake LaRavia. He can't have a really off game and then a red hot game and say that he's having an average performance. He has to consistently be above average for this Grizzlies team if they want to have summer league success, but obviously on the grander scale. If he wants to be a a piece of the rotation for a playoff contending, hopeful NBA finals team, they have to find a way to be consistent in Jake LaRavia in terms of his shooting stroke. David Roddy, can he continue to be a facilitator of offense? Can he continue to have his eyes up on these drives? Using his physicality is a beautiful thing. I love watching David Roddy's brand of basketball. But can he, again, much like Gigi Jackson, can he kick to an open shooter? Does he have the capacity to make those types of finds? And then also defensively, Roddy is going to be asked, if he is in that rotation, to carry on a lot of what he was asked as a rookie in terms of picking up tough defensive assignments. So seeking out that stuff when the game is on the line, because over the next four games, there's going to be opportunities for that, whether it's the end of a half, end of a game in general. Roddy is going to have his chance to show his defensive chops. Continuing that development is significant. For Kenneth Lofton Jr., a lot of it is doing some a, a good majority of the stuff that he did earlier in the week and finding his way like he did against the Thunder defensively. He's not always going to have his shot. The thing that is keeping Kenneth Lofton Jr. out of rotation conversations, at least for me, but I think it's fair to say with the Grizzlies coaches at large, the reason that's happening is because of his defensive struggles and his defensive weaknesses. Xavier Tillman is not the offensive weapon that Kenneth Lofton Jr. is, but Xavier Tillman is a much better defender. Any way that Lofton Jr. can close that gap, enables him to be in a spot to contend for more minutes, which I know a lot of fans want to see. But Tillman and Santi Aldama have skill sets within those Grizzly schemes, like the Michael and I talked about on our last episode, that mesh better with what that Memphis standard is compared to Lofton Jr. Can he make up that ground 
so that the stuff that he does really well, back to the basket, all those other things, he could be accommodated more in that way. Sire Williams hasn't gotten to that level just yet. Kenneth Lofton Jr. has a long way to go to get there himself. We'll see what comes of it. And then again, the two-way guys. We already talked about Gigi Jackson a good bit on this episode, his continued development. But Jacob Gilliard, right? The steal, seven steals against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is a niche kind of basketball player. He's a shorter player. How is he going to show that he is an NBA caliber guy worthy of sticking on a roster, whether it's Memphis or somewhere else down the road? And then in the case of Vince Williams Jr., there's been times where you could easily say that he has been the most consistent wing for the Memphis Grizzlies in terms of his defense, his three-point shooting. There's limits to his game. Not a great facilitator, not a great creator off the dribble. He has problems there. So he's limited, but he's on a two-way. And he is someone who has shown the capacity to do the things that, again, within the Grizzly schemes, they need him to do well. He needs to be a good defender. He needs to be a good creator of turmoil on that end of the floor while also knocking down open shots. If he can continue to do that, he has a spot in Memphis moving forward. So those guys, no offense to the Memphis Hustle guys. Matthew Hurt is fun to watch. A couple other guys uh, did some good things against the Jazz and in Salt Lake City in general. But with Summer League, you are continuing to look at those pieces in the short term that are contributing to the Grizzlies trying to win now. And Gigi Jackson maybe being the exception to that. And Kenneth Lofton Jr., Vince Williams Jr., know those guys that are on two ways, a little bit different. Obviously, Roddy and LaRavia lead that charge more completely. How they get better from this point to the end of Memphis's run in Vegas, however, whenever it ends, how much better do they get? That is what I am looking for most because that is what's going to matter when training camp opens here in a few months. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Grizzlies part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption on this Friday. Hopefully you'll stick around with us, become an everydayer if you're not already one. If you are, hey, thank you so much for being with DeMichael and I or just one or the other. Each and every time that we are putting up a podcast, it is much appreciated. Obviously, here at Lockdown Grizzlies, we are proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. The next time that we are together, we will have Vegas Summer League basketball to talk about. That first game against the Chicago Bulls will be in the books. DeMichael Cole will be there as well as there for the Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart Pressers. Lots of things to discuss on our Monday edition, plus previewing the Cleveland Cavaliers game. Things to get better from in terms of the Chicago contest. So the Bulls, the Cavs, DeMichael out in Vegas, checking out the Bain and Smart press conferences. There is plenty to look forward to on our Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you plan on being there. I know I'm excited for it. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay locked in. This is Locked on Grizz.